Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Portal Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Clinton, Managing Editor over at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. If you guys like the show, uh, just consider subscribing, leaving a five-star rating and review over on iTunes for us. Uh, send a screenshot of that over to Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com and he'll get you one of these Heartland College Sports koozies in the mail. We have quite a story to talk about today. Uh, obviously, if you if you haven't been living under a rock, you know Jimbo Fisher is officially out at Texas A&M. Uh, this, is, this is just an insane story, and, and we're going to talk about the ramifications, what it's going to do uh, across college football. What's crazy about this is, first of all, let, let's talk about just what Texas A&M is on the hook for here uh, with having to pay Jimbo Fisher. He is owed $77 million. He's owed $77 million to not coach football. So just just a quick recap here. Uh, Fisher signed a 10-year, $75 million contract in 2017, uh, which got him away from Florida State. And then on top of that, Texas A&M doubled down in 2021, and they extended him through 2031 and gave him almost $95 million, and every penny of it was fully guaranteed. So, I mean, we're we're talking about, now, granted, Whenever they whenever they extended him there, they had just come off a nine and one campaign. They they looked really really good, um, but again, that much guaranteed money is just insane this time around. So or at, at this time, and and with everything going on in college football, the changes and moves, that's just nuts. And so uh, he's done. He went forty five and twenty five in six seasons, and Texas A and M is now looking for a, another head coach. They still got to pay this guy, though. And so um, within the first two months uh, of his termination, in the next 60 days, Texas A&M will have to get $19.3 million to him. And which is just nuts. I I cannot believe that. Uh, And the rest of the time for... uh, the the rest of the time he's going to he's going to be paid an annual payments of 7.2 million dollars a year to not coach college football. It's just nuts. It's absolutely insane. And so with that kind of money being uh being sh- shoveled out uh for a guy to not coach college football, uh what is what is A&M going to be willing to do to get their next guy in? And and that's kind of where we're going to start this conversation today is who is going to be the person that comes in and replaces Fisher? So the the, the big the big name the the one that everybody has kind of has talked about this week has been has been Dan Lanning over at Oregon. Now Lanning has said there is zero chance uh, that that he's going to be anywhere else but Oregon. He's got unfinished business there. Uh, I would imagine that Texas A&M is going to do everything they can to make him say no. The problem is, if there's one school right now that's going to be willing to match A&M money-wise, I would imagine it's it's Oregon. Um, you know, I, I think Phil Knight knows what he has there, 
uh, he's not getting any younger and Oregon is on the verge of, of being a college football playoff contender. So um, I don't think money is going to be enough to get, uh, to get him back uh, to, to Texas or get him back, uh, back East at all. Um, believe he is from the Kansas city area uh, from the Midwest area, somewhere in that, in that area. And, and this certainly would be closer to his original home, but what, what Dan Lanning has built in Oregon, uh, isn't going away anytime soon. So it would be tough for me to imagine that that's who they end up landing. Now, the the other name that's just kind of stuck around here has has been uh, Mike Elko over at Duke. And this is a guy that's gone 15 and 8 uh, in two seasons there. And he's had plenty of success. He's, he's turned Duke into um, an unlikely contender in the ACC. And he's looked He's looked really good doing it. And so I, I think it's really interesting that that this is a guy that, that could be there. There there's some there's several other names on the list though. Jeff Trailer um at UTSA really wants the job. I, I think that this is somebody that he is or this is a place that he, he could really do a lot with. He's been really impressive at UTSA. He's thirty seven and thirteen in his uh through four years there. So uh they've looked really, really good in his time. Uh, Kalen DeBoer over uh, at uh, Washington. He's 21-2 and two at two seasons there. Um, this year, they're undefeated, obviously playing really good football over at Washington. Lane Kiffin is another name to watch there. Um, again, just, just an, uh, you know, I, I think that, that he would be a guy willing to take the job. It, you know, it's, it's con- kind of viewed as a, as a lateral move. Uh, with it being in the SEC and um, you know in the same division and all of that, but I mean, look, Texas A&M just has they they have resources that Ole Miss doesn't. Um, that's just the way it is. Uh, Mike Norvell, obviously at Florida State, could they go back for another Florida State guy? Now, here are there are two more that I want to talk about. With us being a, a Big Twelve site, there are two names that. I'm not quite sure how realistic these guys are as candidates considering um, where they're at in their careers and, and who they've got. But uh, that is Chris Kleiman at Kansas State and Lance Leibold at Kansas. Um, these are the, the Sunflower. The Sunflower State has two extremely sought after names in the coaching profession. Uh, these two guys have absolutely tore it up uh, in their times in Manhattan. And then Lawrence, they, they've looked really, really good, particularly Lance Leipold. What he has done at uh, Kansas has been extremely impressive. Turned them into uh, a Big 12 contender. I mean, up until last week, they were they were sitting right there, um, you know, on the verge of, of being a team that could make it into the Big 12 championship. They still could. There would be lots of things, lots of chaos that would have to help them out. Um, I mean, but they're sitting 7-3, and three, a chance to go 9-3 and three this season in the regular season and, and pick up a 10th win in a bowl game. So really a far cry from what we've seen in Lawrence before he got there. And then Chris Kleiman, um, all he's done is come in and continue to have a program that Bill Snyder built continue operating uh, like Bill Snyder was still there. And, and you know, that, that sounds a little bit crazy to some people, but but he is still winning with the same formula that Bill Snyder uh, built up there. They're they're tough. They're hard nosed. They play good defense. They win between the margins with uh, excellent special teams play, 
And regardless of the fact that they may not have some of the talent that teams like Oklahoma and Texas do, um, they they continue to not only be competitive in those matchups, but uh, win a lot of them. So this is this is a guy that that certainly has a championship pedigree as well with what he did at North Dakota State prior to coming to to Kansas State. So Lance Leipold and Chris Kleiman are are candidates as well. Now, if I had to put money on it right now, who's going to be the next coach at Texas A&M? I would say it's going to be Elko. I think Mike Elko is the right guy there. Um, they need somebody that can come in and and really uh, take this program and make it uh, make it a football program, not um, a collection of five-star talent with lots of money. He, they need somebody to come in and establish a culture. I think that's the right kind of guy to do it. Uh, Mike Elko would be a fantastic hire for those guys. Now, why are we talking about this? Uh, why are we talking about this? Why is Texas A&M the focus of our show tonight uh, on the Portal Podcast? Well, that's just it. Uh, this this firing and what it could do for the transfer portal cycle in in the coming weeks is something that cannot be understated. Uh, we're talking about, um, I mean, we're absolutely talking about one of the greatest collections of talent in college football. There are not rosters out there better than what Texas A&M has. Sure, I mean, Georgia and and uh, Alabama have, have more proven rosters, but strictly from a talent standpoint, A&M is 100% on par with those with those two schools. And so with a guy like Jimbo Fisher out the door, it just kind of it has you wondering what in the world is going to happen. Um what's going to happen here with with uh with Jimbo Fisher out the out the door. We already seen Raymond Cottrell uh we've already seen him hit the door. Uh, he is a guy that's already drawing big interest in the transfer portal, but there are so many other guys uh, over the last two recruiting cycles that uh, I I would be really, really shocked if we don't hear some huge names from the 2022 and 2023 class. Um, I, I would be really shocked if we didn't hear some of those guys start to hit the portal. Uh, in 2022, they had the best class ever at the time. Uh, and we're we're talking about some huge uh some some huge uh commits and some huge guys that were um a part of just an incredible class but that are potentially going to be headed out the door now. You've got five-star wide receiver Evan Stewart who is kind of making a little bit of noise uh potentially hearing him going to hit the transfer portal. Gabriel Brownlow Dindy, five-star defensive lineman uh out of Lakeland, Florida. There's some noise that he could potentially hit the portal. Um you know, Anthony Lucas is is already uh, is already a guy that has moved schools and is at is at SC, USC now. So, uh, you know, we're 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 talking about lots of big time talent that could be hitting the portal um, in the 2022 class, and then you go to 2023. Uh, DJ Hicks, their top overall player, uh, he is is you know, looking at potentially hitting the transfer portal from some things that we've heard. Ruben, Ruben Owens, top running back in the class uh, from last year. He is uh, a guy that could hit the portal and, and could end up somewhere. There are some just huge pieces uh, to this puzzle that could end up 
really affecting other rosters around the country. And this this just this kind of thing just doesn't happen very often. Sure, I mean, we saw a little bit of this at Oklahoma um you know, a couple of years ago whenever Lincoln Riley left and and Brent Venables took over, there was kind of a mass exodus there. But this is we're talking about a different level of roster at this point in time than what Oklahoma had at that time. Sure, they had the Heisman Trophy winner on uh, on campus, a future Heisman Trophy winner in Caleb Williams, but it was predetermined that he was he was following Lincoln Riley to USC. We have a true championship caliber roster that is essentially going to be picked apart over over the coming weeks, and so. Getting the right guy, getting the right hire in there, making sure that they are able to, um, you know, try and keep some of those guys around and not let this thing completely come unhinged is going to be important. But I'm just worried with with the loyalty there being, um, how do I put this lightly, with the, with the loyalty on some of these commitments being solely based on NIL a couple of years ago or last year even, I would not be surprised to see a, a portal exodus unlike something we've we've never seen before. Um, there's just way, way too much uh, to know exactly what's going to happen until December 6th hits and then the portal window comes open. But I will say that there is like there there's likely already um coaches using avenues that they know to to put a bug in the ear of guys that that may want to end up uh trying things out and going somewhere else. And so this is this is just a wild wild ride that we're all going to have to hang on for and and um we're all going to have to just try and make sense of as it goes along. But the other thing that that you know perhaps some people aren't talking about is the effect that this has not just with with head coaches potentially leaving and going to Texas A&M, but with this school uh, being able to offer what it does financially, there are some some big time coordinators or position coaches or you know fill in the blank that maybe have have gone uh, you know th- that have been at a school for a while or or have been waiting for a perfect opportunity and this may present that so if you're a if you're a fan um you know if you're if you're a fan of of Oklahoma state or if you're a fan of of Kansas state and you know maybe your head coach doesn't leave but your offensive coordinator does or your your defensive coordinator or maybe your uh, defensive line coach who's been really impressive and you've and you've been happy with what he's been able to bring to the table in the recruiting on the recruiting trail um you know he may be headed to to college station and and I'm not saying either one of those schools in particular I'm just using them as an example uh if if you've got a good position coach that has any ties to college station I would be I, I'd be concerned uh just you know, formally concerned that there there is a chance that they end up in uh, over there in the maroon, and and you know it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if 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 Mike Elko or whoever does end up being the head coach there assembles a Frankenstein staff of of really really good coaches uh, because Texas A and M they have gotten two hires wrong, and 
I don't think that they can afford to have a third hire go wrong. So they are going to the the boosters and the oil money down there. They are absolutely going to fork out whatever money it takes to make sure that this thing goes right the third time around because three bad hires in a row and you end up like Texas over the last decade. You end up like Nebraska, um, you know, since the Bo Polini time. So uh, they've got to get this one right. If they don't, um, you know, Texas A&M, despite the money, despite what they have, uh, it could be really, really interesting uh, to see what plays out there. All right, before we finish up the show, we've got just kind of some interesting news here. Uh, if you're a Big 12 fan and you're following us over at uh, heartlandcollegesports.com, you know we've been talking about this pretty heavily over the last uh, couple of days, but we have a rule clarification uh, supposed to drop on Wednesday that is uh, is something you need to be following. If you're if you're a fan of of Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Texas, Kansas State, or Iowa State, you should tune in here. You should listen here. Lean in a bit. Uh, lend me your ear. Let me help you out with, with what's coming down the pike. So um, up until Tuesday afternoon, the general thought based on the Big 12 tiebreaker rules was that uh, Oklahoma State, despite its wins over Kansas State and Oklahoma in the regular season, would be left out of the Big 12 championship due to some issues with the tiebreaker where because Oklahoma and Kansas State hadn't played one another, the round-robin uh, record for Oklahoma State being 2-0 two, uh, two against those schools would not matter. It would come down to record against the highest common opponent. Therefore, uh, long story short, Kansas State would actually get the nod uh, instead of Oklahoma State there, which, you know, to be completely frank, is is not a that doesn't make any sense. There's no reason why an Oklahoma State team who is two and zero against the teams that it uh, shares a, a tie with should be left out in favor of one of those one of those other teams. So, the Big Twelve on on Wednesday is set to release a rule clarification that will allow Oklahoma State in this scenario to move on. Uh, based on its 2-0 and record against the teams that it's tied with. Now, what that changes outside of that specific scenario, we do not know yet. We won't know until um, the tiebreaker is actually released, and we may not know until the actual scenario comes to pass, uh, if indeed it does, after Week 13. However, what we do know is the Big 12 has, has goofed on this one. This is a this is a mess up of epic proportions because either way, the Big 12 can't get this one right. You either get this thing corrected preseason and have everything lined out the way that it should be. There shouldn't be um, grammar issues. There shouldn't be any sort of uh, any sort of language or ling- linguistics issues in the. Uh, legal text that we have to go off of for the for the tiebreaker scenarios there's no way that this should we should be getting down to week 12 and this thing should be changed and on the other side of it making a change or a clarification that changes clearly what the rules state in the middle of a season is just not a good look and so no matter the narrative no matter what the uh what the issue is here 
you know, the Big 12 has kind of has messed up on this one. And at this point, it's just going to be saving face, putting a Band-Aid on it and hoping that uh, some way, somehow this three-way tie doesn't happen. So you don't end up having two fan bases totally upset, um, regardless of whether or not that's warranted. It's just not a good look. So um, that's kind of the latest on what's going on over in the Big 12. And uh, yeah, just just be looking out on this Texas A&M job. It's going to be it's going to be quite a, a wild ride, something to follow and definitely something that you need to be tuned in for uh, over at uh, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. We'll have you guys uh, taken care of over there and, and make sure that you guys know exactly what's going on. And uh, we'll keep you up to date on the latest with the Big 12 tiebreakers as well. All right, that is going to do it for us tonight. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. And remember, if you like the show, please consider subscribing. Leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. And uh, if you if you uh, do that, you send a screenshot over to Pete Mundo uh, at, his, at his email, petemundo at heartlandcollegesports.com, and he will get you a Heartland College Sports koozie free of charge in the mail. Uh, I'm Brian Clinton, and we will catch you next time out here in the portal.